2: He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed.
5: Listen to Uncanny USA
4: wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
1: When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision?
2: Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So
3: this week's classic episode is an example of um, a topic that we felt we needed ethically to explore. We we felt that it was um, an ethical obligation. This episode touches on some incredibly disturbing things. You can tell by the title, it is, What is Genocide? That is a question we explore uh, concerning not only the genocide of World War II, but the Armenian genocide and why calling it a genocide is so controversial to some people. Um, what, What do you guys recall about this episode?
2: I just remember the news in this time discussing that specific controversy about Armenia and the genocide from the earlier 1900s and whether or not, yeah, whether or not very specific people within, I think, the British government, the United States government, and a few other Western powers, whether or not they would uh, recognize it, what what occurred to the Armenian people
1: as genocide. So with that, let's jump in. From UFOs to ghosts and government cover-ups, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now, or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. Hello, welcome back to the
3: show. My name is Matt. And I'm Ben. We are here with our super producer, Noel Brown, and most importantly, here with you listening wherever you are, whatever you're doing which now that i say it matt mm, creeps me out a little yeah they can hear everything you're saying right and we don't know what you guys are doing out there are you driving a car oh man we shouldn't get
2: into that (laughs) there there could be some dark stuff
3: (laughs) are you dragging a body-sized garbage
2: bag behind you Uh, i can only imagine that something like that is happening and we are just somehow manifesting it by even sing.
3: Oh, yeah. Let's put some uh, positive stuff in there, too. Did you just finish uh, running a mile faster than you ever thought you could? Or a kilometer faster than you ever thought you could? Congratulations on that. Congratulations. Uh, Are you working out? Did you get to that last set? Are you... Uh, are you dozing gently, maybe maybe drinking some booze, maybe having a cup of tea? before. You,
2: are you giving your dog the, uh, the spring-slash-summer shave right now? Is that what you're doing because mm-hmm. you needed to have something while you were doing that?
3: Yeah, yeah. Are you on the way to a job interview that might be your dream job or something?
2: Well, hopefully you're not doing that and listening to this. Hopefully you're preparing mentally. <laughs> Unless this is how you do that. Maybe it is. I don't know.
3: We don't know what the dream job is. But, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Matt, Noel, and I are here today uh, looking for a little bit of levity here, uh, mm-hmm. wanting to be positive. And, you know, often humor can be a defense mechanism. I can't remember which uh, – I can't remember who said it, Matt. But uh, you've heard that quotation before that uh, uh, humor is tragedy with a scab. You know, mm. or tragedy plus time equals comedy. Yes, right? yes. Uh, Gary Larson had one of my favorite quotes about humor, which was, or the relationship between tragedy and humor, where he said, uh, tragedy is when I cut my finger. Humor is when you walk into an open sewer and die. And <laughs> he was being tongue-in-cheek, of course. Gary Larson is an amazing person, <sighs> mm-hmm. and I love the far side. But the reason we are... Uh, the reason we are looking for some of that levity is that uh, we're today we're exploring um, a couple of interrelated subjects that are a matter of great debate across the planet. Uh, yes,
2: the, and in this particular case, there is a lot of history and emotion that's bottled up in this subject. So. Uh, yeah, that, that's why we, we want you to be doing something happy. Please be doing something happy.
3: Well, I mean, hopefully not too happy or not something you can only do once because we don't want to oh. ruin it for you. If you are a few footsteps away from the summit of Mount Everest, just turn on some cool mountain climbing music.
2: Yeah, if, if your wife is going into labor with your first child at this moment, take your headphones off right now. Right when you wearing headphones.
3: <laughs> Come on, that's terrible. Uh, yeah, what, uh, what we were talking about right now is a, is an event that occurred a hundred years ago this week. And, uh, just to, just to, um, put us in the mindset, maybe, uh, tell a little bit about it as a story, okay? Mm-hmm. So, as near as we can tell, in the modern day, around April twenty fourth, 1915, uh, the Ottoman Empire, which was already in decline, uh, took action. For a while, they had suspected that one of their geopolitical rivals, one of their nemesis, Russia, was using the minority group of Armenian Christians in the empire uh, as a clandestine force to work against the Ottoman Empire, and so they rounded up intellectuals, they rounded up uh, statesmen, people of note, and uh, by the end of this, and this is generally thought when it began, by the end of that time, uh, an estimated 1.5 million Armenians uh, living in the area were dead. Uh, in, in brutal ways. I mean, death marches, starvation, degradation, all the terrible things that could occur.
2: Yeah, there are some pretty horrifying images even on the Wikipedia page of all places if you look this, uh, this event up. Now we
3: should say that this, this event, again, a hundred years later, a century later, uh, remains intensely divisive depending on part what part of the world you are in um, around 20 maybe more than 20 now countries have officially signed on to say that what occurred was a genocide mm-hmm. uh, the m- many major world powers Turkey however uh, does not describe this as a genocide and to look at why what what we're finding here is that Despite this disagreement, neither side denies that hundreds of thousands of people died. It's, it's more a, um, a conversation about whether this was what could be described as a genocide. And uh, interestingly enough, this gives us a look at International relations, uh, plenty of conspiracies, mm-hmm. because both sides believe that there is a conspiracy of some sort of foot behind the, the claim here. But before we get to all of that today, we need to ask ourselves what a
2: genocide actually is. Right. Uh, according to Raphael Lemkin, who actually coined the term genocide in 1944, the term comes from the greek genos or genos meaning race or kind uh and side c i d e which uh, it means death so literally when you say genocide you are saying killing a race or tribe
3: right right and uh, as we as we pointed out in our earlier video on this the term technically the way the way it should be constructed would be genticide, g e n t i c i d e uh but now genocide is the word we use today to mean this this specific kind of crime
2: yeah and it's not the first word that attempted to describe this occurrence in the 1790s uh there was a word pop populicide i think mhm and uh, that originated from the French Revolution, the idea of killing an entire, or the, the attempted killing of an entire population. Mm-hmm.
3: Right. We also know that Lincoln, uh arrived at this after um, after trying a couple of different words and ultimately understanding that he had to create something that people would know, um, people would be able to recognize instantly that wasn't already with something else. And he has... Uh, he has a profound story because he worked, uh, he was born in Poland, uh, a lawyer and, uh, he made it his life's work essentially to, uh, get this convention on the prevention and punishment of the crime of genocide. Uh, he, he wanted people to, uh, he wanted nations to be able to prosecute this as a crime and this is of course you know at the close of world war 2 mm-hmm. after uh, the holocaust so which which was you know by no means no means whatsoever the only genocide in human history
2: right no it was just uh, at this point someone is actually trying to put a label on it right. that that is repre- like truly representative of how horrifying it is mm-hmm. and i i do i really like that point of Having having to create a word to represent this horrific act because it's there wasn't one and you could say massacre you could say all of these other words but mm-hmm. it wouldn't truly represent trying to wipe out an entire tribe and or race or you know group of people in that way
3: yeah I, I'm glad you said that there is there is a difference because uh, if we look at the way Limkin defines it he says there's and, and don't worry guys we're not going to spend too much time just bogged down in the the specifics and the semantics. Well, this
2: is interesting to me. I hope it's interesting to you.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And, and there's some of we have to talk about. So Lemkin uh, keeps the emphasis of genocide on a group or a kind of a people, uh, not necessarily a, n- a nation, and there's also intent. That's an important part. Mm-hmm. We have a quotation from him here.
2: It is intended rather to signify a coordinated plan of different actions aimed at the destruction of essential foundations of the life of national groups with the aim of annihilating the groups themselves.
3: So, this means that um attacking a nation is not really going to be genocide automatically. Uh, he later clarified even further i uh, I think in nineteen forty six this occurs. He said that genocide should be known as a conspiracy to exterminate uh national religious, or racial groups so well, several of these things can fit in a box, but it's not a genocide unless the plan is to kill every person in that nation, mm-hmm. which which uh which, you know, legally separates it from a different act of, you know, from a conventional act of war. Uh The U.N. ultimately picked up on this, but they have a much more long winded definition. So long, of course, that we refused to uh we refused to read it in our video because mm-hmm. we realized we could just throw it up on the screen um, but we've got the quote here uh who wants to take it you want you want to handle it or you want me to i think you
2: knock it out are you sure mhm
3: right. genocide is defined as Any of the following acts committed with intent to destroy in whole or in part a national, ethnical, racial, or religious group, such as killing members of the group, causing serious bodily or mental harm to members of the group, deliberately inflicting on the group conditions of life calculated to bring about its physical destruction in whole or in part, imposing measures intended to prevent births within the group and forcibly transferring children of the group to another group so we see some we see some uh terrifying examples in these definitions already because mm-hmm. we know you know the uh lost generation of aboriginal children in australia mm-hmm. sent away from their families to these different schools uh in the us when uh native american children were sent off to these uh schools to teach them to assimilate and rwanda is a Mm-hmm. Pretty good example. Yeah, the Rwanda Hutu uh Tutsi genocide. Uh we we also see that this doesn't necessarily ending a group does not necessarily mean uh bussing everybody to a place and shooting them in the head. This could just be a generational thing where, you know, like their children are no longer part of this culture. Mm-hmm. Because you could also kill the culture as well as yeah. the people. So with all, with all that, that's, that's the idea of genocide. And you'll, and you'll hear people who say, you can find things, um, online where people say that the Armenian, the events in the Ottoman Empire at that time were not a genocide. They argue that there are two different definitions of genocide. There's the one that you or I or, or, uh, no, like, we, the common people, would recognize, and then there's the more nuanced legal version, which hinges upon intent. So, with all that in mind, uh, what what happened in Armenia?
2: So, here here is the stuff you really need to know about the Armenian massacre. Uh, it's also known as the Armenian Holocaust or Medz Yirgin, uh the Armenian genocide, though. It, it's not legally recognized as a genocide. Um, the massacre began April 24th, 1915, about a hundred years ago today. We've mentioned that a couple times. Um, it's estimated that the deaths, like we said, range as high as 1.5 million, but that number varies depending on which side you're talking to. And even, um, in certain historical accounts, mm. it may be, I think you said in the video, anywhere from 300,000 all the way up to 1.5 million.
3: Right, yes. And we see there's an argument here about whether there is a dearth or a lack of uh, primary sources, documentary Mm -hmm. evidence. However, we do know that um, shortly after the 1915 events, uh, this stuff began to appear in the news, right?
2: Yes. Um, so, So the people who are actually doing the the killing uh, were turkish forces uh, at the time the ottoman empire like you said the the big question here is why why did this occur why would this happen and you mentioned at the top that there was some suspicion within the ottoman empire that the uh, let's say the russian forces were attempting to somehow use this population against the empire and that seems to be where it started, mm-hmm. right? And to be
3: fair, this is not an impossible thing, as as we had also talked about. Of course, uh, one of the one of the comparisons that you can make to clandestine groups, because what they're ultimately arguing, the Ottoman Empire is arguing here, is that Russia was using uh, this population or members of this population as a clandestine force. A, pretty much a terrorist group, Mm -hmm. right? Or at the very least, espionage. And they were therefore a proxy. Uh, This is occurring today in other countries, you know, Iran has proxies in the Middle East. The U.S. has proxies in the Middle East. Saudi Arabia has proxies in the Middle East. Uh, there are proxies in other countries, of course. Uh, we know that in, like, during, uh, the escalation and the occurrence of the Vietnam War, uh, the U.S. engaged, uh, Laotian, uh, groups to, to fight and, uh, that itself Could be an entire
2: episode. You're right. It is possible that it was happening, but I don't think it's possible that that number of people, or that uh, large of a percentage of a group of people, could be working in that way. That's I, 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 you know, I'm certain that's not possible.
3: Absolutely, you hit the nail on the head. Would 1.5
2: million people?
3: be working in it. Even a
2: even hundred thousand.
3: Or maybe, yeah, maybe the idea was more that a small group would motivate a, uh, I mean, we see a lot of coups begin as a move for independence, uh, yes. right? Catalyst for movement. Right. Yeah. Maybe it could be something like that. But, uh, what? but here's the thing. Even today, uh, the Turkish government says it's not a genocide. There was, and they're very sensitive mm-hmm. about it. Uh, mm-hmm. recently, just recently, Pope Francis, um, caused, uh, a huge uproar when he described, uh, the Armenian events as a genocide. Uh, and did so, of course, because there is massive concern about people of the, the Christian faith in the, in the Middle East at mm-hmm. this time, right? And, uh, this, this was a concern that Turkey will recall an ambassador away from your country. If you mention this officially, uh, the, the U.S. president, uh, and not to get too political, but mm-hmm. these are just the facts, folks, whichever side of political ideology you fall on. I'm being completely factual when I say mm-hmm. that several U.S. presidents and political officials have, while they are running, said they were going to call this thing a genocide, to use the G word. Yep. And then when they are elected, they never do. No. Or they haven't yet, I guess, is the most fair way to say it. Uh, but, but why is this so sensitive? Turkey says, uh, Turkey says that, uh, this is an attempt to, uh, attack their identity and history is, I, I believe, the, the term they use. And, and maybe that means an attempt to weaken them in the international sphere. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not 100% Perhaps. sure. Maybe there would be reparations involved of some mm-hmm. sort. Uh, but they also say that the facts themselves have been twisted. Both sides of the group say that. Uh, Turkey says it's not, it, it cannot be a genocide because the intent is not there. Right? This is a yes. preservation of the state.
2: Yeah, preservation of the state and believing that they are fighting some kind of guerrilla army or of some, in some way. That's how they're choosing to view it.
3: Right. And also the argument that the the numbers of deaths are wildly inflated that this is maybe 300,000 not 1.5 million and that furthermore both sides were fighting and more Muslims died than uh, Armenian Christians. And and it's strange because uh what what we're finding is that although everyone on both sides admits that horrific events occurred, and hundreds of thousands of people died uh the The question here is is, is hinging on these these small differences based on the the definition that the u n and Lemkin gave uh I was thinking about this earlier and i i'd like uh, I'd like to hear your opinion on it Matt and and you too know so if we're thinking about atrocities that occurred in World War II, uh, the deployment of nuclear weapons, right, mm-hmm. first and only time that happened, catastrophic. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is still not considered a genocide, right? That's a very uh, a genocide is a very specific type of crime, but it's also coupled with the internment of mm-hmm. Japanese of, of American yeah. citizens yeah. of Japanese
1: descent.
2: I would be interested in the, in what the government would put forth as an official statement of intent if they were going to be sought, uh, to admit to genocide during those attacks.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, bring it up for comparison and perspective. Uh, At this point, let's go ahead and talk about the, uh, the conspiratorial ideas surrounding this, um, the, the whole genocide notion. So we've got one idea, uh, which the Turkish government says, which is that this is an attack on Turkish society, essentially.
2: Yeah, and, and a tarnishing, they think it's a tarnishing of their history.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, Turkey is an enormously influential country in that area of the world right now it's swinging above its weight class it's the pivot between europe and asia between the muslim world well what's often called the muslim world and what's often called the western world Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's in many countries opinion a good country
2: to be on good terms with yes and it it has historically been that way, that region at least. Right, the gateway to the east. Mm-hmm. So why, but
3: why would somebody be attacking it then? Would they, would this be a move? If they're, if what they're saying has any sand to it, would this be a move to weaken their sovereignty or hege- hegemony?
2: Her, perhaps? I, I, unfortunately, I, I can't answer that. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, it seems like that's what they perceive it to be. Cantor
3: At least politically. No, just uh, yeah, guys. Uh, secret reveal here: in his other job, Matt is actually an attaché to the local uh, <clears throat> Turkish
2: consulate. Yes, <laughs> uh, you got me.
3: And there's another subject here that is uh, is very sensitive, to say the least. Uh, the country of Israel formed after World War II, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and those are just the facts. Uh, still negotiating borders. Yep. On um, the official position of Israel is that it, uh, neither denies nor confirms, uh, whether the Armenian massacres were a genocide. Mm-hmm. And, and for many observers, of course, That seems to be a a strange thing, you know?
2: Because they experienced at least the, um, the, the worst genocide that we, I think we can currently cite, unless you maybe go back to treatment of Native Americans in the United States.
3: You know, that's an interesting question. I'd like to, I'd like to look back. Further into that, I found some I, I found some uh, fascinating stuff though about the expansion of Iran and into uh, what I call the stands mm-hmm. you know Afghanistan, Azerbaijan all mm-hmm. those uh, and the only other country that officially also denies that this was a genocide mm-hmm. during the Ottoman Empire's time is Azerbaijan. Shares a border with Iran. So how much of, how much of these calculations of staying on Turkey's good side are ultimately about the seething, invisible proxy war that is consuming the Middle East?
2: Yeah, that, that is a great question.
3: It's a question that unfortunately I don't know the answer to, but what we do know is that regardless of, of what sort of label People will put on it at the very minimum. Hundreds of thousands of Mm. people died. Civilians died. I'm I'm sure there are very many soldiers as well, but you know, children, yes, women, the elderly, regular people died, Muslim as well as Christian. And, uh, this is not the, this is not actually the first uh, genocide in the 20th century. There, there are a couple of other arguable genocides, and if human behavior is any sort of precedent, uh, more of these sorts of events will occur in
2: the future. Uh, so, unfortunately, Ben, I, I agree with you. Uh, more of this will happen in the future. Um, Tis, I guess, it's what it means to be human. There are, there are dark places Mm -hmm. that we go to. Um, but yeah. So anyway, all of that being said, this, you know, this kind of thing I think needs to be at least recognized and remembered so that future generations don't forget these terrible things that have happened in our past and could happen if we are not vigilant, um, to make them stop. That's why I think even giving this uh, this event, this type of event a name such as genocide is so important. Um, and yeah, I, I, I don't know. It, it's tough to even talk about this kind of subject, I think.
3: Right. It, it reminds me of some of the, uh, the quotations that we always hear rephrased before, but somehow rarely followed. Those who do not understand the past are doomed to repeat it. But there is a little bit of light at the tunnel. Communications technology is allowing more people to be more transparent than ever before, right? And uh, if, you know, social media gets a bad rap, and often it deserves that, right? But uh, the ability to communicate with one another across the globe uh, could be, could be something that goes a, a long way toward uh, preventing these kind of things from uh, occurring invisibly. You know what I mean? We can only
2: hope. We can only hope. So if you want to learn more, head on over to HowStuffWorks.com and check out the article, What Was the First Genocide in the 20th Century?
3: And as always, thank you so much for listening. For those of you who check out our YouTube series, thanks for, uh, sharing that and, uh, talking with us in the comments. Uh, I actually have to go late. I have to go right now and check out some of the comments on the Gaia hypothesis idea. We just released the, mm-hmm. I, the, the concept that Earth itself is one gigantic living super organism, which is not, Spoiler alert: regarded as solid science by its detractors, but uh, such a inspiring, even beautiful idea.
2: And that's the end of this classic episode. If you have any thoughts or questions about this episode, you can get into contact with us in a number of different ways. One of the best is to give us a call. Our number is one eight three three S T D W Y T K. If you don't want to do that, you can send us a good old fashioned email. We are Live Nation presents Concert Week from now through May 14th. Get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows.
3: That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like Twenty One
1: Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just. Twenty five dollars each. Visit LiveNation.com slash concertweek to buy now. That's LiveNation.comslash concertweek to buy now.
0: I'm Katia Adler, host of the Global Story. Over the last twenty-five years I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico.